Not going to watch it again, I don't think. <laughs> Good to see all of you guys. Hey, um, it is getting close to back to school. And uh, next week, in fact, I know that uh, my oldest daughter, Morgan, she's going to be starting school. And then the week after, the other two are going to start. So it's that time of year. And uh, very proud of our school here. Just uh, to let you know, it is doing very well. And uh, enrollment is really way up. So anyway, glad that uh, that's doing good. And we want to make sure that uh, we pray for the teachers like Jason mentioned. And especially for patients as they all go back to school with that. But uh, so school's getting ready to start. Man, can you believe it? I think that in the, this uh, Festa country must be a back to church or back to school event for Brazil, maybe. It's uh, going to be a fun thing. I hope you guys can come. They have invited everybody from the church to be there. It's going to be a good time, so I hope you can come. But this back to school, you know, I was thinking about school. Has anybody, I mean, you think back, especially those maybe that are my age, can you remember seventh grade? I was thinking about seventh grade. Um, Maddie, my um, my youngest daughter is about to start seventh grade. So I was thinking about seventh grade and I can't, I don't remember much about seventh grade. I mean, maybe you're different. I just, I was thinking, I don't, I remember some things about seventh grade. Like I remember the kid that got into a fist fight with one of our coaches. Like that stuck out. Um, not something you would forget. But then I think that kid was way too old for seventh grade anyway. I mean, uh, he drove to school. So in seventh grade, I mean, and if you're a coach and you see a, a, one of your kids driving to school in seventh grade, you look at that kid and you're like, hmm, probably going to have to fist fight that one because, you know, he's just older and feeling like uh, maybe that's what's going to happen. I don't know. It just happens. But uh, I'm getting to experience the joys of getting older. Um, it's, it had a birthday in July. We celebrated. You know, it's a great, big, awesome celebration. Um, it's like the world celebrates with me. Uh, not really, but... You know, I like to pretend. But uh, my driver's license came up for renewal. Anybody experienced the joys of that? Came up for renewal. And I thought, like the times in the past, I was just going to get online and do it real quick. And they were like, oh, no, you've reached the age where we need you to come in. Um, we, like, they want to make sure I'm a real person? Or are they going to make me do, like, old people tests where, you, you know, what are those? Um, check my eyes, those kind of things. Well, I'm in trouble there because as I get older, you know, I need to see, to have glasses to be able to see, but uh, I don't know, that was, and then I thought, uh, well, I just, uh, okay, I'll just run in real quick, and uh, there's no running in real quick anymore. I'm not sure what has happened to the whole system, but it's, it's uh, crashed, apparently, and I had to set an appointment for like a month later, get online and do my, I've heard of, and as I'm doing this, I'm asking around, and people are like, oh, you got a month? Wow, mine was five months. Wow, okay, so if I get pulled over now, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna show the policeman, hey, I have an appointment <laughs> to get my license renewed, but I just can't get it right now. Uh, now that I'm in my 40s though, things are different. You know, I don't know, it's like finally I'm realizing that maybe I'm not as young as I thought I was because before 30, uh, before 40, you kind of pretend like you're all the same age. Everybody's the same age. And you know, you're talking to somebody and you're like, yeah, hey, uh, remember when, back in 97? And they're like, mm. No, no, I don't, I wasn't born then. <laughs> okay, uh, that's nice. I, I, you know, having a hard time wrapping my mind around that. Or, uh, you know, you go to the grocery store and like the hot jam when you were in high school is what they're playing now. Um, my radio station has become the Golden Oldies. Uh, I remember growing up and listen, my parents would listen to the Oldies and I was like, oh, y'all are so old. And now, you know, it's the same for me, I guess. I don't know. 
Uh, my kids are all musically confused anyway because they've been listening to those golden oldies for a while now. And, uh, but I digress. We're, talk we're talking about school. How do I get involved in all this other stuff? So uh, anyway, um, I was reading a story. This is a crazy story. One night there was this uh, young woman at an airport. She's getting ready to fly out somewhere. And uh, while she's waiting, she had a, a long wait for the flight. She went and, and bought a book in the store, you know, the little store in the airport, bought a book and, and some cookies and came and sat down and got into her book. She's reading her book. And after a while, she notices that beside her, uh, a young man had sat down and he was reaching to the cookies between them. And she was like, what? Like, she didn't know what to do about this because she's reading a book. She was deeply engrossed in this book. And then all of a sudden she sees him. She, he's reaching for the cookies and she didn't know. She, she thought, I don't, I don't know what to do about this. I'm just going to ignore it for a while. And then, you know, he keeps reaching for the cookies. And she's like, well, how dare this guy? It's cookie thief. You're like stealing the cookies. What's he doing? Stealing the cookies. And so they kind of begin to exchange glances. You know, he looks at her. She looks at him and she reaches to get a cookie and he reaches to get a cookie. And so this goes on until they get to the very last cookie in, in the package. They get to the last cookie and um, at, at the very last cookie, she looks down and she sees there's one and she looks at him and wonders what he's going to do. So he reaches down, he grabs a cookie, he breaks it in half. He gives her half and he kind of sheepishly smiles while he eats the other half. And about this time, the, um, her flight was called and she got up, she all incensed. I can't believe this shameless thief is stealing my cookies this whole time. And she goes and she gets in her plane and she's huffing and puffing the whole time. You can imagine, because if, if somebody's stealing my cookies, like we're going to have trouble. So anyway, she goes and she sits down and she reaches into her bag to grab a book and she feels something in there and realizes that there was a bag of cookies in there. <laughs> she pulls the cookies out and she feels so bad because now she's in the plane. She can't leave the plane. And in fact, she was the shameless thief who was taking his cookies the entire time. Um, and that kind of gets to the point of what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about judging and how judgmental we can be. And uh, very often we don't know everything that there is to know. We're in the middle of this. Actually, we're towards the end. There's like three messages left, I guess, in the Sermon on the Mount. Can you believe this summer? We've been Sermon on the Mount the whole summer. And so today uh, we're going to continue that, but we're getting close to the end. And as I came across this week's message, I was struck by, it, was, it seemed like a departure from the previous themes. And as I began to dig into it, I really began to see that as I, I thought it was a departure because we were talking about um, righteousness. Remember Jesus said in... in um, was it chapter 5 verse 20 that unless our righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees then we don't have any place in the kingdom of God. So it's kind of been that theme this whole time. I'm reading it and I'm like mm, it doesn't really jive with the theme but as I've dug into it I realize this it's all kind of the same. And um, have I confused you yet? Totally? I hope so because that means you're gonna have to stay with me to be unconfused. All right. Uh, we're gonna read today Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, the first six verses, and uh, the, if you want to get the notes for today's message there in the, um, the church's app, you can go there to get them. So let's read this. Uh, start with verse 1. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in someone else's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank 
in your own eye. You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from the other person's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. <laughs> Have you ever heard somebody say, well, you can't judge me, right? I've, we've said that, I've said that. In fact, at our house now, it's a joke. You can't judge me. If I want an extra piece of cake, you can't judge me. Or <clears throat> apparently I have an issue with food. Uh, or uh, judge not, or you're gonna be judged. How many times have you heard somebody say that? One of the things that really bothers me is when someone uses this particular scripture in that way. Because it's probably one of the most famous, if not infamous, verses that we have. People will say this all the time. You can't judge me. Don't judge me. You have no reason or no room to, right? We say that. We say it. People say it. But really, that's not exactly what's going on here. I want to dig into it because that kind of infers, hey, you live your life your way. I'll live my life my way, right? And we're going to be just fine. It's not exactly what's going on here. You see, Jesus is continuing to talk about the fact that we have to have a different kind of righteousness than the Pharisees had. They wore their righteousness on their sleeves. They did good to try to follow every single rule that there was written. They really didn't have a lot of grace. It was a superficial kind of thing going on. But for us, Jesus is calling us to something deeper. So in, like I said from the outset, in, in the beginning you kind of look at it and think, eh, I'm not sure. But then as you dig into it, you're like, oh, he's calling us to be more righteous. Um, all right, so there's two extremes we're going to talk about today. The first is the harsh, critical spirit that you can have when you judge somebody. And the second is extreme permissiveness, which we want to avoid also. So I want to look at both sides. The first is this, don't judge. That's it, right? Pretty simple. Don't judge. Uh, verses one and two, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. As Jesus looked at the religious leaders of his day, um, he, he saw what was going on and, and that was that these people were really judgy, like really judgy. They would look at you and determine how closely you followed God's law. And a lot of times, and we'll talk about this, oh, this is so good, by the way, when we get into the um, Back to Church Sunday, September 19th, we're gonna be talking about the kingdom of God, and, and it's really awesome what we're gonna be talking about there. So you don't wanna miss that. But as we um, continue here in the judging, th they were so critical because they, there were certain parts of the law that you could see, and they really tended to focus on the things that you could see. Um, the Sabbath keeping, for instance. How much could you do, and we talked about this before, how much could you do on the Sabbath? What was permitted to do? How much work could happen on the Sabbath day? And um, if you did more than the law prescribed, they're like, oh, you're not very holy. Like, we're holy. We're righteous, you're not. And there was this line that they would draw. Um, you remember, well, and then they were really, um, judgmental like you remember the story about the woman who anointed Jesus feet in Luke seven thirty nine. you guys probably all remember that story and do you remember what the Pharisees said about him in that in Matthew or Luke seven thirty nine? if this man were a prophet he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is that she is a sinner so here's this woman trying to do something nice for Jesus anoint his feet you know and um 
it says she used her hair and she wiped it like, it was a beautiful scene, this woman to Jesus. And they look and they say, if they knew who she was, if they knew where she had been, he wouldn't even let her touch him. And that was, they just completely missed the point there. So they were very judgy and that, that judginess caused them to be hypocritical. What they had done was they had created a special class of people. They had themselves and everybody who was righteous and then they had the sinners. And they considered themselves to not be in the party of the sinners. The Pharisees were used to judging others but Jesus said that there were problems with always suspecting the worst in people. Like with this woman, suspecting the worst, but she was in a life transformation kind of a thing happened. And he was inviting her to join him in her kingdom, in his kingdom. So Jesus says that we're not to judge, but he's not talking about the kind of judging that happens in a courtroom. He's not talking about the open and obvious sin. He's talking about a hasty, unloving, I'm better than you type of attitude. Jesus is talking about a critical spirit. That's what he's talking about. Judge not. Don't have a critical spirit. Don't. He wasn't saying that we shouldn't assume that everybody is without sin. And he wasn't saying that we should not look at people with some discernment. Like it's okay to, to look at people and, and, and we'll get into this in a minute, but as people all in the kingdom of God together, we are to spur one another on, is how Paul says it. We are to look at each other. We're to help each other. And as a brother and sister in Christ, if I see something or if you see something in me, then it's okay for us to talk to each other about that. But if we come with a harsh and critical spirit, that's what Jesus is condemning. Do not come with a harsh and critical spirit. Uh, there's a story in the news. I read about a journalist who was doing a story in a newspaper and uh, he was really looking for um, a story about laziness in the south and he was driving down the road one day in uh, a southern state I don't remember which one and he saw a man sit sitting down uh, with a hoe and he's hoeing weeds out of his yard and he said ah this is the pinnacle of southern laziness which we would all be like hold on in the south we're not lazy but whatever so this is what he was looking for though so he he stopped the car and he was going to go take a picture of this guy. And when he got up there, he realized he saw the guy was sitting down, but he was in a wheelchair and the bottoms of his pants legs were empty because he had no legs. He had lost them serving our country. But he was still outside, still doing his work, still trying to tend the garden. And so the guy ended up writing a heroic story about this particular person. It, we can't judge uh, we can't rush to quick judgments about people because we don't know. We don't know the backstory. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what happened to them that day or that week. We can't know a person's heart. But we have this tendency to see something and to jump to a conclusion. And we get a critical spirit and we become harsh and we don't know what's happened that day. God made the point that in 1 Samuel, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that's why I don't have the right to sit in judgment of somebody. Beginning to see the difference? We can't sit in judgment of people. But as people all involved in the kingdom together, it's okay for us to help each other. In fact, we should all be mentoring somebody 
and have somebody who's mentoring us to help us on. That's part of, that's, I, I believe in one-on-one mentoring and discipleship, but also group mentoring and discipleship. That's why small groups and Sunday school classes are so important because we help each other and we can talk to each other. And in fact, I've found that as our group gets closer, we don't wait on somebody to call us out for a bad behavior. We, we begin to admit it like, oh, you'll never believe this guy this last week. I really just, man, I jumped on him. I shouldn't have. And everybody's like, yeah, you really shouldn't have. But you know, it's not a judgy thing. It's a, well, how can we help you? How can we pray for you? How can we spur you on? All right, and then we get into uh, searching for specks, verses three through five. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in someone else's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from the other person's eye. So here's another problem with Pharisaic righteousness. Not only was it overly critical, but it was hypocritical. So it's, we could say hypercritical and hypocritical. (laughs) No? Okay, just me. So overly critical, we'll stick with that one. And then, and hypocritical at the same time. So you don't want to come in on somebody coming in hot, like judgy judge, you know, that kind of a thing. But then we have to be careful because we, we will become a hypocrite to them. It's like we have uh, bifocals on. On the bottom, we see everything of our own in like a rose-colored, you know, you've heard people say, oh, your rose-colored glasses, everything looks good about me. Man, it looks good. I'm good. It looks good. There's no sin. I'm looking through the rose. But then we look on the upper part, and we see everybody else, and we're like, oh, man, look, oh, everybody else is so bad. That's, that's horrible. But that's not the truth. Listen, we're not better than anybody else. In fact, that's what God, Jesus came to teach about this kingdom. It's, it's entirely upside down in our world. In the kingdom of earth, things are built like a pyramid and on the top is the person who climbed to get there, that one person. But in the kingdom of God, it's upside down. Where the lower you go, the more important you become. How is that possible? I don't know, but it's the kingdom. And so if you want to reach the pinnacle of heaven, you gotta be on the bottom, right? It's just the way that God has created it. It's, it's Jesus' kingdom. So we have to realize that we're not better than other people. In uh, Luke 18, there's a Pharisee who goes to a temple to pray. You should read it. It's the craziest thing. He goes to the temple to pray. He looks through the top of his bifocals and he sees another guy in there who's a sinner and he says, oh God, I'm so glad that I'm not like that loser. This is me paraphrasing. I'm so glad I'm not like him. Woo, he's, he's horrible. Thank you, God. And then he looks through his rose-colored glasses and he says, oh God, you are just so blessed to have me in your, in your kingdom. Isn't it great, God, that me and you are partners? Man, don't I do so good for you? That's the way we see things. See, it's, it's being hypocritical. And, and it's this sawdust and, and uh, the speck and the plank. Like we've heard it so many times, right? The speck and the plank. We've heard it so much. We don't quite capture what Jesus was trying to do. In fact, this would have been probably akin to a Three Stooges scene. And the people probably would have laughed about this. This was humorous on Jesus' part because 
imagine, if you will, a Three Stooges where one of the guys has a plank in his own eye and the other guy, and, he, and he's with the plank and he's whipping it around and he's trying to come over and take the speck out of the other person's eye. Like it would have been a funny thing. They would have probably all laughed and there would have been a Larry, Curly, and Moe kind of a, a moment happening there. If, if he were living today, he might have said that a man sitting in judgment of another person is like a man watching a football game. Which is back, by the way. Isn't it awesome? Football. Anybody watch? Yeah. Yeah. And the Cowboys, they're right back at it. I mean, they're going to lose and not score in the red zone and all that. But it's fine. They're here. At least they're playing. Um, but, you know, and you guys have all done it. We sit there and we watch the game or it, it might be soccer, it might be baseball, whatever it is. And we're like, well, I can't believe he missed that strike. I can't believe he threw that ball. I can't believe that running back didn't hit the hole. I can't believe the lineman didn't block, right? Like we have all of these... Um, Notions, and we say all of the things because we feel like we know better, right? But please don't put me out there with them. <laughs> all those, you know, have, I don't know if you've been around some of these linemen, but they are monstrous. Like, I don't, I don't want any part of that. Um, I don't think that the plank in our eyes is necessarily a worse sin. I think he's talking about the sin of self-righteousness. Appointing ourselves as the official uh, speck inspectors. Oh, I'm the speck inspector. <laughs> Who has a speck? Let me find it. Like, I think that's what he's referring to here. It's important for us to notice that he didn't stop here. He didn't instruct us to stay out of other people's business, though. He, and he didn't say to, to not evaluate each other. Like, he's just as saying, hey, first remove the plank. First, take care of your own righteousness. First, do this. In Galatians 6.1, it says this, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. So it's okay for us to speak to each other. And if somebody comes up to you that you trust, like if you're a mentor or who's discipling you, if they come up to you and they're like, hey, I noticed this, or you said this the other day, or you spoke this way, then we've got to be ready to receive it. But also, if you notice something in somebody, and it's somebody that you never talked to, make sure that they have given you permission to speak into their lives, because it can also go south bad quickly. But we have to trust each other. We're in the kingdom. There should be no judging here, but there should be helping, right? All right, here's the last one. Casting our pearls. And... and Verse 6, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. So it's an interesting turn here. And I don't know if you guys have ever paid attention to, to what he's saying, but he's talking about being permissive. The harsh and critical spirit obviously is wrong. Have you ever been the recipient of that? Like you're trying to get away from it, right? You don't want any part of that. But because of that extreme, some people have gone to the other extreme, which is extreme permissiveness. And people who have gone to that extreme, they point to these first five verses as a proof text. Like, look, hey, I can't. You can't and I can't. So whatever, everything goes. 
that's not what is said here the permissive person holds to a religion that serves what Nicholas von Hoffman called the great mush god it's like we begin to pretend that what God stands for doesn't actually exist like everything's all right with God the motto of permissiveness is just live and let live I'll live my life you live your life and then we'll see what happens but Jesus doesn't end his discussion of judging by saying judge not he goes on to say don't give to dogs what is sacred and don't throw your pearls to pigs um, he's talking about and they would have understood uh, don't give the dogs when they would do um, sacrifices the meat would be a, like a sacred meat and it was what the um, priest would eat and so he's saying don't throw that meat to the dogs like that's a that's a sacred meat don't don't do that and and whatever you're you hold dear to you don't throw it on the have you got anybody ever been to a pig farm or seen where pigs live like it's gross right and it smells and pigs eat everything yeah it's, it's disgusting but if you throw your your pearls before them like what's important to you so he's saying um he's not saying to not judge entirely what he's saying is we can't uh, we cannot overlook also sinful behavior so there's there's this middle ground that we've got to find um if we've we've never looked down on uh, in self-righteous judgment of somebody else if you've never done that then that's good but I think all of us probably have at some time or other because we've all fallen short of the glory of God that's what the scripture says we've all fallen short of the glory of God but we have to be able to recognize sin for sin and this is where it gets dicey for followers of Christ because of Jesus was so much a person of love and came to teach us what love is and showed us what love is but he also was okay to call out sin L let's look at the the woman that was caught in adultery you guys remember that story like they caught her in the act of adultery and they drug her out to the middle of the street unclothed probably wrapped in a bed sheet or something and they were like hey Jesus what should we do with this one the law says that she should be stoned to death which is true she was supposed to be put to death according to the Old Testament law and Jesus man what do you do because very carefully he's going to call what she was doing a sin it was a sin but he also is this Jesus full of love so what's he going to do how's he going to answer it they thought they had him captured so what you guys remember he stoops down he begins to ride in the sand and then he says I'll tell you what you guys are right for sure this this is right she should she should be killed whoever is without sin why don't you throw the first stone <laughs> like a mic drop moment because they all began to walk away because they knew that they couldn't do that and then what did Jesus say he didn't say okay hey live and let live girl you go do you I'm like no he he extended grace and love but he followed it up by go and sin no more you know it was he called her out but then he didn't beat her up with it but he said listen I've given you some grace now go and don't do it anymore let's get that sin out of our lives so we have to be careful from crossing over from the we don't want to even talk about 
sin into critical spirit but then we can't go from critical spirit to we're just going to let everything go because the Bible is true and, and a follower of Christ is going to recognize that there are things that are not good for us there are things that we have to call sin a sin is a sin so alright now, I believe this is the exception rather than the rule. We don't judge, I mean, we don't jump to this idea of extreme permissive, uh, permissiveness and stop evangelizing, but there's some people who have no spiritual interest. And so Paul even says, you know, just, and Jesus said it too, shake the dust off your feet. Just shake the dust off your feet. Walk out, go on to the next one. If somebody's not gonna listen to you, then what can we do? So what do we take away from this morning? I think we want to avoid the extremes. We can't be so judgy and critical that we push people away. But we also can't be so uh, lax and permissive in the way that we view sin that people don't know that there is sin. There's a balance that we have to strike. What the church should be is a safe place for people who have sin in their life to come so that we can, by the help of God, walk them through what it looks like to follow Christ. Jesus said it's the sick who need a doctor. We've got to be careful not to set the church up as a place that is either too permissive or too critical, but a place that's going to help you grow in your walk to be closer to Christ. So, uh, we're going to close with a song here and um, I just you know we've seen the teachings of Jesus and as we get ready to close I just I just want us to think about Jesus and the way he handled the mob the way he handled those who were coming to stone this young woman to death because there's going to be people in our lives who are not going to know what sin is that are going to be asking us questions about what it might be. There's also going to be people in our lives who cause us to want to be critical. Well, you can't do that. Stop doing that. We need God to help us be like Jesus where we can call them to account but at the same time show grace. How do we do that? I don't know. Let's pray this morning. God, this morning as we think about the teaching of Jesus, I'm, I'm so grateful, Jesus, that you have taught us this way to the dangers of being critical and judgy of people. It's, it's just not good. It's exactly the thing that you came to fight against with the Pharisees because that's how they were. So help us with that, God, that we can extend grace, that we can show love and favor. Just like you have for us, we can show that for others. But then on the flip side of that, Father, I pray that you would call us to account for our sins. I love the psalm, and I say it all the time. Psalm 139, show me ways that are offensive to you. God, would you search me? And then as we deal with other people in our lives, help us to have the 
wherewithal to guide them to what you would have, to, to walk that line. Not too judgy and not too permissive. But Paul said everything is beneficial, or excuse me, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Like we can do anything, but it's not all good for us. So help us to walk the line that is good for us because we know that that's what you're calling us to. We know that's the way that you're helping us to go. So help us to listen to you, to follow you. Guide us every step, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning before we sing the song, I'm thinking about uh, some of our college kids and um, they're actually getting ready to, some of them are getting ready to go to college, but um, I think what I would like to do is to ask all of the, I was going to do just the college kids, but if you're going to be starting school this year, this next few weeks, can we pray for you? Would that be okay? And um, I don't want to have a necessarily where everybody comes and gathers, but maybe the students could come up front. And then the rest of us could extend a hand and pray over them. Would that be okay? Because we're asking God to guide us, right? To help us in this life to not be hypercritical, but also to not be too permissive. And this is the exact thing that all these students need as they're heading back into school. So uh, I'm going to invite, I know we have a couple on the stage. You guys, if you don't mind, come forward. And um, I know the rest of you, if you're going to high school, middle school, any of these students that are with us this morning, come on up front. Go ahead, stand right here in the front. And then the rest of the audience, I'm just going to ask you to just reach your hand out. Yeah, come on, stand. Just, you guys can all come up here, face me if you want. We're going to pray for them, and then we're going to pray a prayer of blessing on them. If you're a parent or something and you want to come forward, that's fine. I, I just didn't want to have too much going on. Well, I hope you guys all know, especially those who are going out of town. We love you guys. We have your backs. And all of us here are going to be praying for you as you uh, start this new journey of a new year. And then some of you guys are starting high school, and some of you are going to middle school. So you guys, let's just pray for these students. Heavenly Father, this morning we ask for your blessing on those that are here today. We know that this week, um, some are going to be starting school and then a week or two after uh, the rest of them. And we just ask God that you would uh, have your hand on each one of them. Father, that you would guide them in every decision. That you would teach them Jesus like you're trying to teach us. That you would teach them to have the perfect combination of um, watchfulness, you know, to not be hypocritical, I mean hypercritical, and then to not be um, per so permissive, God, that you would uh, show the path that you want them to take. And those that are going to college are going to be, um, most of them, you know, in a dorm room somewhere or uh, hanging out with friends or in whatever place. Father, would you just have your hand on them? Give them wisdom, God. Give them knowledge. Give them peace as they move through this next year. And then, uh, Father, I ask also, as we're all here, we pronounce a blessing on each one that this might be the greatest school year that any of them have ever experienced in their lives.
Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Y'all can go be seated. Awesome. You guys keep praying for these. Make a note of who's up here. They need, they need us. So we're going to close with the song. I just want to encourage you this week. Continue to remember Jesus and the life that he has called us to. Show people grace, but also discipling and mentoring.